Blog Talk Radio. My name is Raina Starr. I am your host, hostess, and all-around good-time party gal. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know what came over me. Desperate Housewitches is not a G, PG, or even an R-rated show. So, if bad language, bodily function, dirty talk of any kind might offend you, this may not be the show for you, but come on, you know it is. Desperate Housewitches is brought to you by the incredibly wicked one herself, the amazing Dorothy Morrison, Please check out www.wickedwitchstudios.com for all of your witching needs and the newly released Witchcraft Blessing Balls for the home. You know me. Balls need to be purchased in pairs. It's only right. So get to your 2022 Blessing Balls. They're the holiday ornaments that Dorothy does every year. Get them while they're available. Fantastic. That's WickedWitchStudios.com. For, for the hour, my very patient and wonderful guest, <laughs> author of Kitchen Witchery, Unlocking the Magic in Everyday Ingredients, the incredible Laurel Woodward. Hey, Laurel. Good morning. So happy to talk with you. It's an honor to be on your show. Well, oh, you're so kind. I'm honored to have you. Thank you so much for agreeing to my insanity. <laughs> which I, I will try to so I'll try to keep the insanity tamped down. So okay, it's it's post Thanksgiving. How was your Thanksgiving, and what did you make? Because I gotta know. Oh, it, Thanksgiving was fantastic. It it was one of the best ever, and um, uh, we had turkey and tofurkey because there's a couple of vegetarians in our house, and um, meat dressing my grandma's old dressing recipe and sweet potatoes and mashed potatoes and cranberry sauce mm. and then uh oh and, and brussels sprouts and a salad that my daughter <sighs> made that was delicious um we had food 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 mm. but the day before i baked um all day about six hours uh-huh. and i tried two new oh. recipes from genius bakes which were amazing one an almond cake oh. i'm going to keep in my repertoire forever because mm. it was fantastic um, and then an apple crisp and a okay. pumpkin pie and homemade rolls. And wow, it was uh-huh. amazing. Such a fantastic day. Wait, how was Okay, your so I know, so, well, mine was interesting. But before we talk about mine quickly, um, the almond rolls, are they, I don't see that recipe in here. No, an almond cake. It was a brand new cake um, that I got from a book oh, called Jamie's okay. Bakes. I have this, this fetish for for I don't I guess it's not a fetish but I have this this uh, desire to collect cookbooks um, so I have a uh-huh. big collection and then I just read them and anything that strikes me I try it and it can be either a nice. yay or a nay and that one is a definite yeah. yay. Oh <laughs> well I know you're 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 gluten free right. Yes, yes, I am. Uh, I try not to have any weed at all. It triggers psoriasis, and I like to be—I like to feel young and and happy and healthy and have yeah. that spark. And if I eat gluten, it all goes away. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. It, I'm finding the same thing. I have I have uh, Crohn's disease, so oh, I'm sorry. Me, That's terrible. Started, oh well, that can be I've had de- it most of my life. It can oh. be. It can be. I've I've been lucky. I'm not on medication of any kind, um, but it doesn't mean you're not supposed to be cautious in what you're consuming. The problem is, some of the things I like to eat that are better to eat actually hurt me, like salad. If I have too much salad, too many days in a row, um, I get very very sick. And it starts right. to have this really bad effect. Any kind of roughage, 
So raw vegetables are virtually out in my case because of the damage it does to the intestine. Sorry, right. guys, didn't mean to make this all medical right now, but we're, this is where <laughs> we are. Um, but, yeah, you know, gluten-free seems to be also one of these things that people have very odd assumptions about. And I've had arguments with more than one doctor about it because if you talk to the medical profession, depending on the age of the person you're speaking with, they consider it a fad. Oh, it's the the latest thing. I'm like, no, I see real differences from when I have gluten to when I don't have gluten. And this is an awakening that's happening kind of for me now. Um, Well, that is is completely... That is completely right. What, what people need to know is that each of our bodies are different, and we need to be the doctor. We need to figure out what works for us and what doesn't. Um, it took mm-hmm. me 10 years to get diagnosed, um, and one doctor basically said it was all in my head. Um, but if I, if I can walk upstairs one day and I cannot walk upstairs the next day, uh, it, it's something. So I ended up doing a food diary and figuring it out on my own, and then I got a great doctor, and he said, did you ever consider that you might have psoriasis or uh, um, I, I forgot the kind of arthritis, but it's all because of gluten. Um, and that oh. you're right. That was like an awakening. Yep. But, it's, but well, you really you do need to learn your body. Yeah, and it takes so long because you're so busy doing other things, young folks. Take care of your bodies. I know a lot of young folks who are on the the whole food, plant-based diets, Mm -hmm. and I think if that works for you, that's wonderful. But I also have a friend who has, because she's been on that particular diet, she has iron deficiencies. And unfortunately, it's so serious that she actually needs medical treatment for her iron deficiency. So, I mean everybody's body is different and the yes, degree exactly. with which you do something yeah it's not it's not a one size fits all not only that but even folks who are so careful with their eating still need to make sure they're getting all of the nutrition that their body requires because you may think you're doing great you're eating correctly all of this healthy food but you could still be deficient in a vitamin, like everyone is deficient in vitamin D, especially D3 specifically, because we've all been, you know, pandemic brain and and at home so much. And I was wondering if you're you're on a a D3 regimen as well. I I do take a vitamin D, um, but I'm in Portland Mm -hmm. and it's uh, overcast up here, and so we don't get much sun. And it's when you move up here, it's just something that everyone does. You just take vitamin D. <laughs> <laughs> they seem to be re- recommending it across the board. Mm-hmm. So are you from the Pacific Northwest? Arizona, actually. Beautiful. I love Arizona. I've been there. Where, whereabouts in Arizona do you hail from? Uh, Scottsdale. Oh, lovely place. I traveled through from Nevada at one point and was coming uh, back across Route 66 for part Mm -hmm. of it. Uh, Actually, Route 66 was that way and that way, yes. And beautiful, beautiful, beautiful state, Arizona. Very, very lovely. Great people. It is is a beautiful state. Um, But honestly, I got so tired of the heat and the searing sun and the terrible oppressive conservatism, I just had to get out of there. <laughs> I just had to. It was, driving me, it was driving me absolutely crazy. Right? Oh, my gosh. So how did you wind up in the Pacific Northwest of all places? Well, we were looking in Colorado. Quite a story. But then I had this oh, okay. dream that Val Kilmer said, go to the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> and uh, I, I, honestly, that, that's a true story. is kind of funny. But anyway, Val Kilmer in a dream told me to come up here. And so we started considering it. And um, my son moved up here first. And we followed him up. Oh, neat. And I oh, absolutely love it. So you, 
<laughs> oh my gosh, and you have family there, which is fantastic too. Yeah, see, yeah. I dragged everybody. I dragged everybody up from like I. I'm from New York, and I came down. I went down to Florida, and that was after my set. My first marriage broke up. I married worthless husband number two, and wound up in <laughs> in in Florida and had two children, which was the only good thing that man ever did, um, because my children are spectacular, thank you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and we moved to North Carolina to be near one of my best friends in the world. So that worked out, and I got rid of him and acquired my third husband, who's also from New York, who had broken my heart, long story short. But, yeah, so that's how I wound up in North Carolina. And I'm so glad I'm not in New York because – I don't know, but I get cold at the drop of a hat now, and I know you you escaped oppressive heat. I am escaping oppressive cold, so I'm down <laughs> here enjoying the beautiful sunshine. Now, I did live in Nevada for one year, and I do understand oppressive heat. I understand dry heat. It, mm-hmm. You know, I got to tell you, it's like breathing through a washcloth for me. I could barely survive it. I was losing yeah. my mind. I'm like, there's no trees, there's no green, and everyone's transient that I had met. And I'm like, uh, a year of that, and I was done. I'm like, can I get back to my trees and my humidity <laughs> right. and 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 all I, of that? I, so, I, yeah. I love the green oh, up here. I love the, the fact that it's a... Uh, um, beautiful, beautiful old forest. Um, it's actually a temperate rainforest, and uh, it just wow. has such magic to it. And there's rivers everywhere. Um, there's there are two rivers within walking distance of my house. Um, it's just wow. it's amazing, and there's so much wildlife. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I love it up here. I just love it. You must feel. And we're going to talk about how you got to this point in a, in a minute. But the level of magic you must feel being near all that water and all that wildlife. I mean, that's like the hot spot. It must be. It you must wake up and feel like you're breathing in magic every morning. I do. I do. And, you know, I can't help but react to it. The geese right now are migrating, and every morning as I'm getting up, they're, they, you know, they call as they fly over, and there, there are hundreds that fly over, and I have to walk out and just watch them because it's so mm-hmm. absolutely phenomenal. Um, just wow. all, I, I, I have a great love of the natural world, and actually I'm more of an animist where I, I believe that every tree and bush and bird and animal has a spirit that, you know, they're, they're sentient beings that have a right to life as much as you or me. And, um, I, I, I work a lot with them and spend a lot of time with them and feed them and have set up my garden to make their lives easier. Um, I, I think they're, Which is lovely. they're, a, they're, uh, they, they really, um, uh, they really, I'm, I can't think of the word I'm looking for, but they, uh, they're a great gift for my practice. Yeah. You know, just, just for yeah. my soul, they're a great gift. Oh, yeah. You know, it's interesting because I realized I was an animist, not, not in that word necessarily, but when mm-hmm. I was in science class, in seventh grade, when it was explained to me that everything is in motion, it's just a question of how closely together the atoms are so mm-hmm. that they appear to be solid, but everything really isn't. And that's when I made the assumption that everything had a soul and everything was alive. So scientific backup on that one. Thank you. <laughs> because... It's just kind of if, if you paid attention in, in science class, you would you would know just from that 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 everything is actually alive. So thank you for saying that. I, that supports what I've been <laughs> feeling since I, since childhood. But it's, it's amazing all kinds of how new work people coming, don't do that. Right. There's all kinds of new work coming out too. Like um, uh, uh, Peter, the German um, the the German um. 
Forrester, who wrote the, the book about the trees. I wish I had it here, but I, I don't have a copy right now. Um, but it's amazing. He talks about how they form communities and how they speak to each other through a network of uh, fungi under the earth and um, how yeah. they're, they're living their life, but it's just in a much slower slower speed so that we have we can't really recognize it like um yeah you know if they were uh, more on a more um level than we were but uh yeah it's pretty amazing this it's the secret life of trees that was that book that was very fascinating yeah i mean but everything even like Okay, so I tease my husband about this constantly because when he drops something or if something doesn't behave, he yells at it. Like there's this huge joke, and I hope he doesn't hear me because he's in another. He's in the next room, but <laughs> him because when he like if the toilet got stopped up, he would yell at the toilet, and it's like the toilet can't hear you, but actually it could. <laughs> <laughs> Big joke. <laughs> you know, I. You're that's yelling. funny that you. That's funny that you say that because uh, I treat my house as it as if it has a household spirit, and I go when I go out on walks, I pick up little things and bring it home and offer it to it, and I talk to it all the time. I talk to it. Oh, we do the same thing. I thought it was just us. Okay, so we moved to this really wonderful place in our city and it's a place where we originally lived but it was it was not in a a place that had been cared for at all we always dreamed about moving back to this neighborhood and we we were afforded the opportunity a couple of years ago it's a bastion of liberalism in what's kind of a reddish purple city in charlotte Mm -hmm. north carolina and it's our our area, the surrounding 10 miles in any direction, is all blue, and it's wonderful. I mean, it's not 100% blue, but it's, it's a city, and it's progressive. But where mm-hmm. we live specifically on a two-mile radius is as blue as blue gets. <laughs> and the one house that, that supported Trump did not fare very well because, they I mean, they weren't physically attacked. But some things were said every time somebody went past their house. So right. I think they actually right. picked up and left. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, but like-minded people – you know, it, it was it was something that was really necessary during, especially the Trump years, not to make it too political, but it was not a great time for liberals during that spread. It's not a great time for liberals right now either. Don't worry, mm-hmm. I know. But it's it's better than it was. <laughs> so right. We it just is got to like hang it together. It really. I don't wake up every morning wondering what the fuck did he do now? I mean, that thought has not entered my head since, since uh, inauguration day. I didn't have to. You know, you are right. There was so much anger, so much anger and frustration. And fear. Um, And and you're right. That doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. He's, he's scared. I was, I mean, I'm from New York and I knew what we were dealing with and it scared me, but that's a topic for another day. Let's we're going to talk about your book and you and and your writing because I think you're amazing. I love this book. I can't Thank wait you. to see you. Now I don't even have Now here's the thing. I don't even have a garden, but I want your next book because I know you're working on backyard garden witchery and yes. I'm excited about yes. it. And I'm hoping that even though we haven't even completed this hour, that I could still talk you into coming on when that book releases too, because I know oh, it's coming out next July. I would July. love to. Yep. Yes, I would love to. Be great. It's good. Uh, gardening <laughs> is something that uh, I, I am passionate about. Um, I, I, it, it feeds my soul to garden, um, working mm-hmm. with the earth under the sun, under the beautiful sky, and I just love it. Yeah. I don't see it as a chore. I see it as a as a wonderful um, art. Mm-hmm. It is. It is an art. And the ability to grow things. Listen, I used to live on a farm in western Maryland. And what goes into the creation of food 
at a very, very ground level, literally takes a lot of love and passion. We grew, mm-hmm. like we grew vegetables, mm-hmm. asparagus and, and a bunch of other things. And, you know, we actually had uh, the, the meat that we ate was raised on this farm. So everything mm-hmm. was as fresh and, you know, there's not a, ho- a whole lot more local than your backyard. So that right. was kind of an amazing right. journey too. You know, I was raised in the city. I'm a city brat. Um, and to live, I, and I lived on a farm with my mentor, the, the folks who mentored me in gardenarianism, um, mm-hmm. although he called it being a gardenia because we didn't really hold too tight to some of the more stringent tenants. So, but that's a really long time ago. So speaking of things that happened a while back, tell me how you became a witch. Well, who influenced you? Well... Actually, it started with psychic studies. I um, I was working in a bookstore, and I had a group of really close friends, and they jokingly became my psychic circle. We called it our, each other our psychic circle because one one of them was a um, um, a medium, and she actually studied in mm-hmm. London at a, at a school for mediums, and uh, she's gone on to get her PhD in. Um, Jungian in uh, Jungian studies and um, has written a, really? a book about Young and the Dead. Um, but anyway, but, uh, besides that, um, anyway, it started with psychic studies, and uh, we were both tarot readers and um, pulled cards mm-hmm. every day and did a lot of meditations and and um, um, I, it, um, actually my craft came from that and garden lore I collected a lot of as I I've always been a garden gardener but I came to learn that certain plants um were more of an ally and the more you learned about them <laughs> the more they could offer you and that particular friend of mine the medium talk, mm-hmm. talked about history and lore a lot and I started just collecting. I found that fascinating. And I started researching different plants and collecting uh, bits of history and lore that I'd come across in a book. And soon it got too messy, so it, I moved it into a digital format. And I actually called that the magical path. And it turned into this yeah. huge volume. I, it ended up being like 600 pages. And um, neat. It was that that I chopped into bits and, and turned into my compendium for kitchen witchery and um, the garden book, the the uh, backyard garden witchery. Um, a lot of it had to fall by the wayside, though, because um, some of it couldn't be supported. And um, so even though it was lore that was passed down by word of mouth, if you, if you can't find a citation yeah. nowadays, you can't put it into a reference. Um, really? Yeah, and and I so that was the that whole process was really an interesting process of uh what what was allowed in and what was not. Um but yes, yeah, so I came I came to my craft through my garden and collecting lore and stuff and it grew out of that. Um it was a slow that's awakening. So cool. No, but that's awesome. You got you get to it when you get to it. Everybody doesn't pop out of the womb an instant witch, you know what I mean? <laughs> right, that's true. That is it true. Happens. So, and for some folks, even with psychic ability, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to become a witch. I mean, my mother has tons of psychic ability, and she went from being a goddess worshiper to being a Pentecostal preacher. So, you know, things go <laughs> yeah. interesting. Listen, you can't you can't ever predict. Shit goes in interesting directions, and you can't see it coming necessarily. You can assume you can. the direction you think something's going to go in, and and you know the universe does what it does. And some some of us are on a longer stretch for certain things, and some of us are on a shorter stretch for other things. I mean, you just can't ever tell. And life experience, man, it'll it'll change things in the drop of a hat. I mean, you just don't yeah. know. You don't know. Yeah, it's so true. You you think you might you might see where you're going, but it can that can be totally wrong for you. 
Um, it is yeah. very interesting. Oh, what opens, what, what speaks to our souls what, when you, when you yeah. get there. <laughs> so it's kind of like, I mean, from, and from what you described, you know, with having like a psychic circle, as it were, of, of folks to talk to, a lot of us didn't have that. Um, you know, it's, it's almost like, you know, between your connection to the earth with gardening and cooking and taking raw ingredients and making something fantastic out of it, that's already magic even if you don't have the word for it, you know? It I mean, is. it's all crafting. It is you know, crafting. In You're a right. It's way. alchemy, actually. You're taking a yeah. stick of butter and a cup of flour and you're turning it into an amazing cake or, or something. It's it's an ama- it's a very interesting process and and it's so um wonderful when you when you get not only feed your family but taste amazing, make the whole house smell incredible and if you grew it in your garden, it's it's even so much more of a success, you know, uh I have a real passion for um, using food that I've made. Um, yeah. You know, like uh, like all summer I eat squash almost every day. Um, and then in August it's tomato dishes. And right now it's pumpkins. Mm. I had about 20 pumpkins this year. So I keep, <laughs> keep making all different kinds of, oh, I came up with this amazing pumpkin fettuccine too. That is just so what? delicious. A goat cheese, a goat cheese pumpkin what? fettuccine. Was so delicious. Oh my god! I need this bread. Okay, so first of all, okay, so one of the things I'm most famous for are my pumpkin cookies. So, Mm. and I posted my pumpkin cookie recipe on Facebook, and it's really Mm. good. And I only make it twice a year. I make it for Thanksgiving. Yeah, I only make it for Thanksgiving and Christmas because you know. Christmas is when we have the days off, so that's what we use for you. But, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I totally, you know, November and December, I'm a baking fool when it comes to um, pumpkin cookies. And I'm going to have to get uh, some recommendations from you on gluten-free flours in case you have um, discovered oh, something yes. amazing. I'm not, I, I'm not a fan of have. coconut. Oh, have you? I, uh, you know, coconut in a couple tablespoons here and there really will uh, hold the recipe together. But if you just want a flour okay. to flour, um, a flour to flour um, substitute, Bob's Red yes. Mill has one that will make oh. any muffin, brownie, pancake, biscuit, and uh, I made my cornbread dressing from it, um, so it was gluten free, so that I could eat it because I love dressing. Um, and oh, you, wow. you just you just cup for cup do a substitute. It's so it's amazing that you know ten years ago when I first started to do the gluten free thing, there were not these substitutes. There were not. Okay. It wasn't like the market is today, where you can get a pizza crust or a, a loaf of bread or gluten free pasta. You know that those didn't exist, so you had to make up your own. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, the Bob's Red Mill is does really work well. I haven't tried it for baking bread yet. Um, it's really hard to bake bread mm. with a, successfully with a gluten-free. Um, but but it does any yeah. of the any of the um, baking soda or um, baking powder recipes perfectly. You should oh, try that's it. good to know. I wrote it down. That's that's wonderful um, because you know when the gluten-free thing kind of hit down here, it was okay. Coconut is your substitute for everything. And I went, no, <laughs> no, coconut, coconut creamer does not work for me. Coconut flour does not work for me. I tried mm-hmm. all kinds. I tried using coconut as substitutes for all kinds of things, and it just tasted so bad I couldn't, mm-hmm. which was bad for me physically, but kind of cool for me mentally because I'm like, I'm going to eat what I like because if I don't <laughs> like it, it won't get eaten and I just wasted all that time anyway. Right. So, yeah, so I suffer for it, but I know I have to get back to it because, oh, my God, girl, I don't know about you, but the pandemic, mm-mm. child, I have gained my weight, your weight, somebody else's weight. I mean, <laughs> I am carrying around a person. It's not even funny. Uh, you know, 
I know exactly what you mean. I've been trying to be active, um, but I've, I've still I've gained 15 pounds since this since this happened, and I really got to lose it. It's either start losing it or buy a new set of clothes because things are starting to not button very well. <laughs> um, well, my feeling is that it's not going to happen until the new year because who is going to start a diet in the middle of the holiday season? <laughs> yeah. Maybe somebody stronger than me, but not <laughs> me. I'm just saying. I have no willpower. I have, My willpower is that I have none. But getting back to Getting back to you, so did you have a lot of people to cook for? Um, you know, when when my family was younger, I did. We had big celebrations, but now with this pandemic and everyone spreading out, there's only five of us. So mm-hmm. five. I had five. Yeah. 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 So here's my Thanksgiving story. You want to hear it? Yes. Okay. So. It was supposed to be my, I live with my young, my husband and I live with our younger son. And our older son was supposed to come over with his fiance and my younger son had invited a bunch of his friends. And by the time we sat down to eat dinner, there were three of us because everybody else was like, I'm so tired, I'm not going to make it. No one showed up. Yeah, no, it was great. We loved it. (laughs) We were so happy. (laughs) because here's what we did and I know I'm about to lose friend points here but here's how we were handling Thanksgiving this year we ordered barbecue and I Mm -hmm. baked the cookies and that's all we and I made I made beans I made baked beans but you can use that with anything and that's what you can that was all of it well it Mm -hmm. sounds delicious though and if the weather was was nice where you could be outside that that sounds like a nice day it was. It was great. It was in the 60s, which was a little bit weird and unusual because it's been super duper cold here. Um, mm. But no one showed up, and it, it wound up being perfectly fine. My husband and I were like, "We, you know, we're old. We like peace and quiet. You're not hurting my feelings <laughs> at all." But here's what's going to here's what's going to happen because everybody basically stayed home. Mm-hmm. They're all going to descend for for Yule. They're all coming. Oh yes, right. <laughs> it's all, all going to happen. And my husband has already put out the call that he is making homemade meatballs for this year's because we do Italian Christmas every mm-hmm. year. And, oh, it sounds uh, delicious. Oh, it it is. And I make a sauce from scratch that takes twenty four hours because wow. I like it thick. Like you need mm-hmm. to be able to put up wallpaper with it. I wish you could be here for Christmas because you would laugh your ass off because I am cooking <laughs> this thing to death. My husband and I make meatballs where there's so much garlic in it, no vampire could ever survive in our home. <laughs> and. And they are garlic bombs. And if you're going to be around anybody, they have to eat them too. Otherwise, they'll never survive. Right. Um, oh, that sounds yeah, delicious. A, it really is. Oh, my God. <laughs> I may have you on Zoom while I'm cooking. <laughs> Moral help. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you this. Considering, okay, so you came to witchcraft in a real kind of sense about 20 years ago. What was your family's reaction when when you finally dropped the other shoe and said, yeah, I think I am this thing? Well, I was uh, writing all these New Age magical type articles for years before, and so they all knew that I had a, um, a magical mindset. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I called myself a magical person for a long, long time. Um, okay, that's cool. So, so they weren't really, they, they didn't really uh, bat an eye. <laughs> you know? Oh, that's cool. So the transition yeah. was no big deal, really. No, because it was so slow. It was such a slow progression. <laughs> that's awesome. No, I love that. I mean, when you can do it in such a way that nobody goes, you what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's. Mm-hmm. 
it's like a slow moving train. It's like you know it's going to get there eventually. You just have right. to hang out and wait. So that's that's awesome, and I love that. And I want you to know you taught me something interesting in this book that had absolutely nothing to do with cooking. And I was like, excuse me, what? The whole because there's a section in your book called the magic of every everyday things. Now, lest you think this is just a cookbook, I, I want folks to know that this book has the the meanings of, of foods and the meanings of ingredients. And you put so much love and information into like every I mean, you jam this thing full, I'm just saying. Um but but it's not just about recipes and it's not just about you know, magical recipes, because for you, your attitude that I get in the pages is that everything is magical, like every ingredient, every time you ingest, every time you do anything having to do with food, there is a magical connection if you right. just happen to right. know what it is. And it's such a beautiful thing. But, I mean, there's also, again, the beginning of the book is the magic of everyday things. And <laughs> the part, this part that I love, okay, so it's page 23. And it says, do you know you can always tell if the moon is waxing or waning simply by holding up your hand? And I'm not going to describe the rest of this because I want people to buy the book. But I was like, get out of here. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So there's lots of different things about the dark of the moon, about organic foods. Very important. I try to buy organic every time it's available as long as I have enough money to do so. It's hard sometimes. Um, but it I is think hard sometimes. People... But but I think people are moving more towards organic foods because of all the crap. I firmly believe, tell me if you agree with this, when I was a kid, there was no such thing as a peanut allergy. Maybe you yeah. heard about one kid getting sick. But I believe because of all the poison we've put into the land that the, the peanut plants have mutated so fast from the poison that now peanuts are actually bad for everybody, but those of us who don't get sick just have a tolerance. Well, that's, that's how all food is, actually. If you're not eating organics, you're putting toxins in your body that your body, if you're healthy, can deal with. But if you put the toxins mm-hmm. in every, every single day, after a while mm-hmm. your body cannot deal with it, and you will develop a chronic disease, um, like Crohn's disease or like psoriasis. Um, yeah. And, and you know what gets me is that our country is the only, you know, we're called the great chemical experiment. Um, if, if <laughs> countries, if you look at countries like England or Canada or Germany or France or, or any country that has a national health care system, they don't have crap uh-huh. in their food. They don't put poison in their food. They have regulations you know one thing that I'm sorry I'm going to I'm going to go back to Trump and anger again. One thing that really pissed me <laughs> off about the whole Trump administration was the very first thing that that administration did was they rolled back 125 protections. Clean air, clean water, environmental, clean food. Got rid of them and said, "Oh, go ahead, screw the people. Go ahead. Put poison in. Yep. Whatever you can do to make a dollar, do it." And oh my gosh, I yep. just that thinking, that kind of thinking the kind of thinking that a forest is just for lumber or that a mm-hmm. piece of land is just to make you money, it just infuriates me. I think that yeah. our food should be safe. I don't think we should have to do organics. I think you should be able to go into a market and buy a healthy piece of food that does not have poison on it, that's not bad for you. Why, why do you have to read the ingredients? You don't have to do that in other countries. I'm sorry, I'm I'm ranting. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop because I get so, no, either I get so no, depressed girl, or I get no, so no, 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 angry no. when I think about it. Okay, I I don't want you to get upset, and but I'm <laughs> so with you. And, here's, and I'm just going to add to this fire a tiny bit. I had a friend who refused to vote for the only other person available because their feeling was, was that that person um, – 
was too much, had too much support from Monsanto. Okay, so instead you picked the person or you didn't vote against the person who was going to destroy all of the regulations on things, right. you know, no environmental protection whatsoever if he could get away with it. It was un. Yeah. Believable, and that person is from where I'm from, which is where this fucking idiot was from. Sorry, oh. I get really angry when I talk about. Trump. I do too. But, I, yeah. I either get depressed yeah. or angry. It's one or the other. <laughs> I, I uh, actually prefer the anger. <laughs> yeah, me too. Well, I mean, we have to stay angry because you know midterms are coming up, and. The, the hold that, that the other side has, you know, my side, liberal, the more liberal side, but not liberal enough, if you know what I'm saying. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the grip is tenuous on the power. And, you know, I think people forgot way too quickly how miserable we were under Trump. Um, so I, I really think people need to do a gut check and a real examination. I've had folks, you know, folks like you and me, Okay, saying Mm -hmm. some crazy shit about the current administration. And I'm like, do you want to go back to what you had? Because that wasn't so good either. Um, People are just weird. I I even find witches. I mean, my first husband wound up being a hardcore Republican, which, a witch, and Hmm. a hardcore Republican. So I had to cut him out of my life because he started doing conspiracy theories during the election. And I'm like, ew. It's like, wake up, (laughs) wake up. Come on. I know. I know. It just drives me crazy. (gasps) Me too, me too. Okay. So here's, here, here we're getting to the silly, the silly hour of of the show, the silly part of the hour. So I got to ask, Who's your favorite chef? Oh, my favorite chef would I, – I go from different ones. Uh, right now, I, okay. I just love Ina Gardner, I, the Barefoot Contessa. Oh. I, I love her. Yes. I love how she takes yes. a super complicated recipe and makes it so that you can do it and, and get the same exact results in less, in less time and uh, um, less complicated steps. My one of my favorite dishes mm. right now is her beef bourguignon. Um, that that's what Ooh. I'm gonna make Christmas. And it instead of taking all day like the old recipe would call for, it only takes three hours and it it's amazing. It's full bodied, makes the whole house smell mm. that amazing wine sauce smell. It's it's, oh, I love it. it's, a, it's an amazing recipe. Um, but she she's my favorite right now. Okay. I I also really really like a um, America Test Kitchen. Because they play with the recipe and tell you why something works and why something doesn't work. And I really like yeah. that because then I can take that uh, little nugget of uh, information and apply it to, you know, my, my cooking. Interesting. Who, who's your favorite right See, now? You know, I, well, I love, okay, so I love a lot of people. One of my favorites is Alton Brown because he oh, yeah. breaks it down from a scientific standpoint. And I, yeah, I, and I find him very, very, very entertaining. Good Eats was one of my favorite shows for the longest time. Um, I find him to be hilarious because he's turned into the curmudgeon old professor type. And I, yeah, I think I that's that. hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I know. Believe it or not, even though he's kind of – narrower in scope and it's probably because he's an asshole from new york but i love bobby flay <laughs> oh you know I'm, I'm not familiar with bobby blake oh what, bobby uh, flay f-l-a-y yeah no, he's, bobby um, flay. he's a red bobby flay he's got red hair he um he has a show called beat bobby flay he was on chopped he was an iron chef um, Iron Chef. Did you have you ever watched Iron Chef? Yeah, yeah, I have. It's a fun show. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, hilarious! But I like the original one from Japan. That to me is the good one. It's it's hilarious. <laughs> but I mean, it, it's I just remember. God, it's been like fifteen years. 
mm-hmm. since I first saw it. And I, I, I'm a huge cooking show fan. I love Trisha Yearwood. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, all of, you know, I never knew when I was watching back in the day, the Galloping Gourmet. Oh, You yes. might be too <laughs> young for the. Oh, you remember? No, I remember. Care. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. He was my absolute favorite. But you know what? He was everybody's favorite. He yeah. was funny. Julia Child, accent. too. Julia Child. Julia classic. Child. I really enjoyed watching her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No matter what happened, she would just go with it. <laughs> oh, and that is, that's the epitome of professionalism on TV. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. I've seen Jada De Laurentiis. And, I, I mean, I've seen her get into trouble, you know, by insulting people. She's not my favorite. I love her, but she's not my favorite. Any chef that <laughs> spits, that has a spit bucket, I'm sorry. No. Eat the damn food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she has like yeah. a, a, a mouth double when she tastes her food on her shows. Like they have, for close-ups, they have somebody else step in. To That's do so that weird. part because That's str- so well, she's weird. a bit out there. I know. She's mm-hmm. a bit out there for me. I don't trust a chef that doesn't eat. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you're skinny, but you got to eat. you got yeah, to have food. Yeah, you do have to eat. So, well, yeah. I, you know, I also, yeah, okay, so it. the Take next it. question. You know, a lot of times I'm not even hungry when the meal has come out because I've tasted it so much. <laughs> me get it too. right where I want oh, it to, to be. <laughs> That is that's me when I make when I make pasta sauce, that is mm-hmm. my life. Because everything that goes in there, because I will throw things what else is in the refrigerator? You got any steak left over? Throw that in too. Because <laughs> I you know, that's what you did with sauce. Everything got thrown in to flavor the mm-hmm. the tomatoes, you know. And it was a really yeah. rustic old-fashioned way to do it. It reminds me of my grandmother. It reminds me of my husband's mother. My mother, believe it or not, shitty cook, horrible, could Mm. burn water, never seen anything Mm. like it. My mother made exactly two dishes. She made lemon chicken and she made marinated steak. But I will tell you, if she tried to make anything else, you could see the look on my father's face of sheer terror. With some, because Hilarious. my mother, okay, so my mother fancied herself a gourmet chef. My mother thought she was a baker. My mother made me a cheesecake to take to a party once. No joke. She put in vanilla extract and almond extract, but she put mm-hmm. in equal amounts, which was double mm-hmm. what the recipe called for. By the time I was walking down a hill, it was winter time. There was ice on the ground, and I fell holding this cheesecake. The, I went down. The cheesecake went up in the air, went behind me. I was terrified. I turned around. The whole thing is still intact, not even a crack in the top. At that point, <laughs> I knew that there was going to be an issue. Right? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Have you ever had a tough cheesecake in your life? Like you go to cut in and it argues back. It's not supposed to. So I picked the cake up. (laughs) I hurt myself, but the cake was intact. I get it to this party. Somebody cuts into it. And I mean, unbelievable. The only two people who ate it were the five-year-old and my ex. That's it. (laughs) That's hilarious. Because it was horrible. But yeah, all, yeah. those two people, a five-year-old and a 30-year-old, and those two didn't <laughs> care. I'm like, you knock yourself out. But, yeah, I mean, that's how, that's my mother's cooking. It was beautiful. She even put a plastic rose on top. And I'm like, hmm. you didn't need any more plastic for this cake. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> uh, so I've got to ask, what's your favorite food spell? You know, baking bread, it, it, I love, I love, uh, making bread to consecrate a new place or to leave for, um, offering, um, mm-hmm. or even just to take for celebration. And it can be any bread. It can mm-hmm. be onion for, for kosha on top, 
you know, a focaccia with onion on top, it could be uh, just a nice rustic loaf of uh, farmhouse bread, anything. I love the process of mm. baking bread. Um, I love the, the kneading of it and the, the watching it change structure yeah. and then the smell of it as it bakes. Um, so, wow. I mean, I, I love to cook. I absolutely love to cook, but I think it's bread making that I really enjoy the most. I made some rolls so for Thanksgiving, to... and they were the very first thing to disappear. Did you? And everybody's <laughs> like, oh, are there any more? Do you have any more? <laughs> and I'm like, no, they're gone. But I'll make some more tomorrow. <laughs> oh, that's great. I've got to ask, because I used to make bread, but I didn't make it by hand. I had a bread machine. Mm-hmm. Is it easier? I mean, I don't know if anything has changed from when I used to make bread, because I used to, like, have – one of those wonderful Hamilton Beach old-fashioned bread machines where you shove mm-hmm. it all in and then it, it just cooks it for you in there too. Do you use, is that okay to use, or are you really a strict hands-on bread maker? You know, I, I've never used a bread machine, so I don't even know what it's like. Um, but if that's wow. the way you do it, I, I don't see a problem with it. I just like, you know, bread making is easy. It's, it's, an, it's been, most bread only has four ingredients, you know, flour, salt, water, and yeast. Um, and yep. it's super easy to, to put together. All it takes is timing. You know, you have to do the first mm-hmm. rise and then the second rise. And so the gluten develops. Yeah. And that's, that's, the only, that's the only step is, is it's very time-consuming. Um, but it's, it's not hard at all. I I just like to do it. I don't even use a mixer. I mean, you can use a mixer, but I, I don't, Uh no, I don't, I don't, I I like to just stick it in a bowl and mix it together. Let it, let it proof a little bit and then dump it out and knead it. And, um, yeah. And kneading it doesn't even take long. You know, it can take from five to 10 minutes depending on what you're making. Yeah. Okay, because I don't have a lot of, because I, I have arthritis. Um, mm-hmm. Is there, um, so so even with arthritis, I should still be able to knead the bread enough, correct? Sure, you just roll it with the palm of sure. your hand. It's, it's, not, it's okay. not difficult, but you can use a, a stand mixer with a bread hook if you wanted to. That no. would work also. No, but... See, but I don't want to. I want to know how to – I want to relearn. I bought some yeast, as a matter of fact, because I knew oh, you were yeah. coming on. And I'm like, yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of scared, but I'm going to go and do it. And I'm going to send you pictures awesome. when it's done. I'm looking forward to it. Okay, now, now one trick. If your kitchen is cold, one trick I learned it because, is. you know, I, I moved from the hot of the desert up into the Pacific Northwest into a super cold kitchen. You, I, I yeah. learned a trick. You plug in a uh, heating pad, put it on the highest setting, okay. and you use an mm-hmm. aluminum bowl so that when you put your ingredients okay. together, you cover it yeah. up, set it on your heating pad, yeah. and then it will rise. That's, that's all you need to get the, the, the temperature. Um, otherwise, it takes See, a long, long, long time. Right, and I you have, have an electric stove, so mm-hmm. I was going to put it on, like, the warm setting because it does get cold in my kitchen. I was going mm-hmm. to put it on the lowest, lowest, lowest setting and and let it just stay. I mean, I was just hoping to get room temperature. Would that be okay? Well, if, it's, if, it, if your lowest setting is, like, 200, it will kill the yeast. Um, okay. It depends on okay. how how warm it is because the yeast will die if it gets okay. too hot. Okay. Um, okay. No, I'll, I'll, I'll take better care then. Okay. No, I don't happen to have a heating pad right now, oh, but I'm going oh. to get one. So let me ask you about flour. And okay. I know that you favor gluten-free flour right now for, mm-hmm. for most things, but do you have to have specific bread flour to make something to make a bread? No, but uh, because bread flour does have uh, more gluten in it, it does make mm-hmm. a nicer, softer, better texture loaf. Um, 
But no, all-purpose okay. flour, I use that all. Honestly, I do not shop. Yeah. I don't have the money to shop at at Safeway or Ralph's. I do all of my uh-huh. shopping, sadly, at Walmart or Grocery Outlet. So my first stop is Grocery Outlet, and whatever, I'm, I'm a real forager, whatever they have, like sometimes uh-huh. they will have make it work. an amazing Sometimes, yeah, I make it work. Um, sometimes, and, and yeah. I'm foraging for organic flowers. I won't use a flower that's not organic. So, um, okay, good. I, I, I just, I won't feed my family poisons. I just, you know, I won't, I won't do oh. something that I know like flour that is, is covered. Like flour and oats are two mm-hmm. of the worst things. But anyway, sorry, I'm going off on a tangent again. So, okay. if, if grocery it. outlet, if grocery outlet has, uh, all-purpose organic flour. I will buy three or four of them. If they have all-purpose, yeah. if they have bread flour organic, I will buy you know two or three of them. Whatever they have, and then I'll keep them in my refrigerator and use them until yep. I can find my next batch. Because you never know when you're going to find it. Um, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I'm always foraging for things, and then that's how my menus come about. I use what I have. I don't go and buy things to make a recipe unless it's something that I'm that's uh, special like uh, somebody's special birthday cake or something um, so it, no, that's, they, a, they, that's actually very wise that's a very wise approach you don't make your menu until you know what ingredient it's not like you decide I'm gonna have this and then you go and buy everything what you do no. is you see what you have on hand, and then you create your menu. That's brilliant. Yes. That's how it should be. Well, I can't afford to do it the other way. I mean, I would like to. That would be really nice. It would. That would be yeah, really nice. But yeah, I just can't do that. Um, so, so say I go to no, Grocery Outlet and they have organic. Can't, and yeah. They have a whole bunch of organic Brussels sprouts. We're we're having yep. we're having bubbles and squeak with or with Brussels sprouts and carrots and mashed potatoes. You know that's mm-hmm. that's just how it is. And I'm I'm lucky that my family loves vegetables because we do eat a lot of vegetables. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That is awesome. Oh my gosh. So does anybody else in your family cook, or is it all you? Um. Actually, I have a family of cookers. My son absolutely loves to cook and he will find a recipe and then go get all the stuff and put it together. And, and he often cooks for my birthday or mother's day or something. Um, my daughter-in-law is a brewer and she brews different beers and ales. And for Thanksgiving, they, she brought over two bottles of her new batch. And one was a, an IPA made with strawberry puree and it was delicious. And the other was a Hefeweizen and, uh, it was really good too. Wow. Um, you really, you you did good. She, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it, it's fun. It, I love it when we get together. And, you know, you make so many memories at the holiday seasons, getting together and eating and sharing good food. Or And, and we always play a board game afterwards. And um, it's fun. It's just a lot of fun. It is. Well, Laurel, I have talked your ear off, and I have really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. I, again, the book is Kitchen Witchery, Unlocking the Magic in Everyday Ingredients. Laurel Woodward, you are amazing, and I, you have inspired me to want to get into that kitchen and go make some stuff happen. Um, thank you well, Rena, for I hope, coming I hope on. Your, and, well, thank you for having me, and I hope your bread comes out. You're going to have to send me some pictures. I'm gonna. <laughs> I gotta go see what kind of flowers in the kitchen, and I've got your book right here. So, guess what? <laughs> There's a couple good bread recipes in there. I know. That's why I'm using your book. <laughs> so if it falls apart, we know you know we're coming to you. <laughs> okay. All right. All right, so we're gonna see you. We're gonna see you next summer because you're releasing Backyard Garden Witchery. I'm very excited. Even though I don't have a garden, I know I'm gonna learn stuff because even though I'm not much of a chef, I'm, I learned stuff from this amazing book here. So I know your next one's not gonna be any different. <laughs> Thank you again. Oh, I, I hope you. you have the most 
wonderful weekend, and I will talk to you again soon. Thank you. Thank you. You also. It was a pleasure. All right. Thank you so much. Same here. All righty. So tomorrow, everybody, I will be back with Llewellyn publicist Marcus Ironwoods. We will see you in the morning at 11. Have a good one.